Thanks everybody, good to have you here. We're on part four of our series of Close Encounters of the God Kind, and uh, we'll uh, finish that series up today. Excited about it. Um, has anybody else been getting any out of it except me? Is it all good? Has it been a good series? Um, I, I'm fascinated by Ezekiel's vision, and like I, I said earlier on in the piece, um, I've, never had, I've never even had a vision of Jesus at the side of my bed, uh, let alone a vision that Ezekiel had of uh, the power of the kingdom of God coming from heaven to earth. So I, it's a fascinating vision. And uh, probably more importantly, it's not that it's just fascinating, it's the messages it brings to you and I in this day uh, that helps us on our journey. So today, uh, we're gonna finish out our series in regards to Ezekiel's God encounter of the close kind, how it transformed and determined his direction and his destiny. And also, more importantly, what's God saying to us through this whole thing? We started back a few weeks ago by looking at Ezekiel's vision. It was a vision not of heaven, but of heaven coming to earth in all of its glory, all of its power. It was a vision of heaven coming to earth. Chapter one, uh, we saw that God was moving by His Spirit and bringing this incredible revival to earth in the spirit world and it had unity and purpose and power behind it. Then we also talked about the faces of God that were in the vision that showed the aspects of God coming to earth. You remember? We spoke about the face of a man, which represented compassion, the face of an eagle, which represented all seeing, high and lifted up, the face of an ox, which represented the heart of a servant. Jesus said, I've come not to be served, but to serve humanity. And the face of a lion, representing the overcoming, victorious power of God. So we saw all this coming to, to, uh, to Ezekiel in this vision. Um, and then in amongst it all, we, we found three main messages that God was giving to Ezekiel and are still totally relevant to us today. The number one message was, we are sent, all right? We are, as soon as you are born again, you are sent, all right? It means as soon as you believe upon Jesus, you are sent. In other words, his plan was, and that's what close encounters are. Close encounters, you need to get in it, get it in you, then give it to somebody else. Get in it, find it, get it in you and give it to somebody else. So that's the plan of God, that we are sent into the world around us. We're not made first, we are sent first and we're made along the way. So he said this, that, our, that the way we do that, our method of communication to our generation is through our words and our example. Remember we talked about Jesus was the Word, He became flesh among men. It's the same principle. God's words are to become our words, then they're meant to change our being so we're living a reality of example. The way we bring God to our generation is not to be like the world, it's to be different to the world and represent who He is by what we say and how we live our lives. Then we can bring freedom, bring salvation and bring hope. The second message that comes out of this book of Ezekiel is that we are being made. We're in, or we're, in the, we're in the making, you know, like we never get to the end really. We're in the making. I, I don't know of anybody that could put up their hand and say, you know what, I'm all that God's called me to be. I've done all that God's called me to do. And if you're in the room, come on up and take over the meeting. We're on out, we're being made as we go. It's not we get made and then we're sent. No, we are sent and on the way we are getting made. We spoke about how we're gonna live with briars and thorns and scorpions. Uh, and in amongst these briars, thorns and scorpions, God will teach us His ways and how we're to live our life. Remember I spoke about Jesus when He was crucified on the cross, they put a crown of briars and thorns in His head. 
So Jesus was not only the King of Kings, He was the King over briars, thorns and scorpions. So the security in knowing He's the King over those things, though we will live with them, they'll be part of our journey and they will be part of the making of us. Today, we're gonna look at the third message we see in the book of Ezekiel and it was, do not fear, all of heaven is backing you. Do not fear. All of heaven is back in you. And sometimes this is the hardest message to get into people's reality because it's not the seen world, it's the unseen world. You know, um, 38 years ago, I became a believer in Christ. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I had no context of church. I, I, I went to a meeting because Lee's mum uh, wanted to go to a church meeting. She'd just become a Christian. I went to that meeting. I listened to the guy and I don't know what happened. At the end of the meeting, I put up my hand, walked to the front and became a believer. 38 years ago, it's still the best decision I have ever made. Uh, And in saying that, I remember as I'm just tearing the Bible apart, reading it, trying to find all its riches and its glory in it. And there were so many scriptures I remember, but there was one scripture that I have stood upon for 38 years. One one that that encapsulated my new experience with this unseen God in his Joshua chapter one, verse nine. And it says, Mark, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid, Mark. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God, He's your God, Mark. The Lord your God, He'll be with you wherever you go. And for 38 years, I have stood upon that in the bad times, the tough times, the good times, the exciting times, and be assured I've had my share of both. I have had a share of great things, but I've also had a share of terrible trials and tribulations. But in amongst both those things, God has never left my side. God is with you today, no matter what you've been through. His promise to you and I is do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Heaven backs me and it backs you. And even though we dwell amongst briars and thorns and scorpions, problems and challenges and demonic and darkness, even amongst those things, God is with us all the way through. And I wanna tell you, as I look back in that 38 years, I, I don't know what my life would look like if I hadn't received Jesus 38 years ago. See, I don't know what trials and tribulations you're looking at right now, all the ones that could end up in your future. But I look back and go, you know what? It's Jesus that got me through all of those things. I don't know what my marriage would have been like. I don't know who I would have become. I just know because of Him, I was able to deal with the things that the life threw at me, the scorpions, the briars, the thorns. And I'm just thinking, before I get into more of the message, I'm just thinking, man, maybe there's somebody here today or even online that needs to make that final decision to say, you know what, I'm gonna believe upon Jesus today. Maybe you used to be, grow up in church and yet your relationship's gone down a different track, but here you are and something's stirring again. Or maybe you're not sure about who you are and God and all those things. I, when I walked into that church service, I had no idea. Man, you could have told me anything. I had no idea what the Bible said about any particular thing, but in amongst that something was stirring in the inside of me, I could not, could not put away And I thought, you know what? If Jesus is true, if this is real, I'm giving my life to Him. 38 years later, I'm still His servant. Today, wherever you are sitting today, maybe maybe you're going through some stuff. I don't know what trials are coming your way in your future, but I do know this. The answer you're gonna need will start 
and finish in the name of Jesus. And it's, and it's such good news because it doesn't matter what I had done, how bad I'd been, where I'd gone. God was never angry at me. He was never mad at me. He was just waiting for me. And today you're the same. So before I go on in this message, maybe you're here today. I'm gonna give a moment of time to reflect. And then I'd love you to make a decision if that'd be you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. But I wanna ask you, would you say yes to Jesus today? Would you believe upon the Saviour of the world? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads today. Lord, as I look around this congregation, I'm believing for people that need this moment to step forward in faith and believe upon Jesus. Right here, right now, the Bible says, the Word of God to mankind, if you believe upon Jesus, you shall be saved. Saved out of, saved into, big saved right there. If that's you today, say, you know what, I wanna recommit, I wanna realign my life. For the very first time, I wanna say yes to Jesus. I'd like you to consider it right now. If if you're that person, I'd love to pray with you. Right where you're seated, eyes are closed, heads about or online. And if that's you today, would you slip your hand up and give me a wave and say, you know what? Would you pray, thank you on the side. That's a great decision over there. Others today, slip your hand up, give me a wave and say, you know what? Thank you at the back. That's a great decision as well. In the middle, thank you, great decision there. Others today, quickly as a look from the front to the back, from the left to the right, just take a moment and say, you know what? Include me in this moment. So look one more time, is there any more hands? And say, you know, thank you in the middle, sir. That's a great decision right there. So look, one more time, one more time. Lord, as I looked, I saw hands go up, but it's not what you saw. You saw hearts, your people, your creation, and their hearts opened up. And God, now the greatest miracle starts to unfold in humanity, in the hearts of these people. Spiritual life starts to become theirs and they're forgiven of all their sins. Every failure, every mistake, and they remember it no more and you remember it no more. You're gonna love them so tightly, so clearly, they'll become sons, daughters of the Most High God. And I know that heaven rejoices when even one responds. So I know today, heaven rejoices with these people and so do we here at City Point in Jesus' mighty name. And all the agreed said, amen. Let's celebrate those great decisions. Congratulations. Great decisions. And uh, we're so excited for every one of you online. If you made that decision, let us know so we can help you in your journey. And even if you didn't get your hand all the way up, you know, it's sort of on that journey. We're so glad you're here and keep coming, being in the house of God, being around the people of God, listen to the Word of God. If we can help you, go to the lounge, we'll give you a Bible, get you started, talk to somebody. Our growth track tomorrow night, you can jump online there and that will help you straight away as well. So for every one of you that made the decision, welcome to the family of God. We're so excited for your future. All right, let's move on. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Heaven is backing us. And go. And again, here's the word. You you just can't get away from it in Ezekiel. It's like God is sending him, uh, sending us. And go. Get to the captives, to the children of your people. Speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God. Whether they hear it or whether they refuse, doesn't matter. Then the Spirit lifted me up and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from His place. I also heard the noise of the wings of living creatures that touched one another and the noise of wheels beside them, a great thunderous noise. 
It seems to run right through this whole passage of Scripture. I'm sending you. I'm going with you. Tell them. And if, if, they, if, they, if they refuse to hear it, it doesn't matter. Just tell them. Did you know as believers, our job is not to get people saved. Our job is to tell people. It's not about who says yes, who says no. You invite somebody to church. If they say no, it's okay. We're not here to try and ripen the fruit. The Bible says the harvest is ripe. There are people waiting for you to invite them to church. Our job is to reach out. Some will say no, some will say yes. It doesn't matter. God is sending you, all right? So take the pressure off yourself about getting people to church or getting saved. Just let people know how wonderful Jesus is. Then He does the work after that. All right, so He's sending us. It's all good. But you'll notice in there that as He was being sent, there was the, um, the sound of the voice of God surrounding Him. It was loud, the voice of God. And then behind Him, were the noise of wings of the living creatures and a great noise of great wheels next to him. And every time I go into Ezekiel's vision with all the things, and I only, I've only, we've only scratched the surface on it, I'm, I'm thinking of it uh, to be that man and have to see all this glory of God and then explain it to us. I mean, here he is watching something he can't even comprehend. So he starts to share about what was like this. There's wings and eagles and faces and wheels upon wheels and things like that. And it can get really tough for him to do that because I just know how hard it is to explain something that people have got no idea about. I found a new weird animal this week. No, not the star-faced mole from two weeks ago. And, I, and I'm trying to, it looks to me, it looks like a, a UFO an unidentified flying object, and it has really skinny legs. And then it's got bright red lips, like a child got into the makeup thing and decided to do their lips with it. And this is an animal, and I don't even know what to say about it to explain it to you. So I thought I'd just show you the red-lipped batfish. What is that? What? How can you not believe in creation? Nothing's evolving into that. <laughs> Nothing's evolving into that. <laughs> like, and I'm looking, how do I explain that to you? And, and, I, and that's why I feel with Ezekiel as he tries and explains this vision to us that he had. And it's so out of his comprehension. He does his best job with wings and faces and wheels and everything. But I think we'll never really understand the vision of it. But I want to tell you, there's no doubting the message of it. And Ezekiel had heaven's backing. Ezekiel was not by himself. Then when God said, go, he said, we're going with you. We're coming with you, that heaven is backing you. And that's the significant message that you and I have got to catch on to. God is backing Him and He's backing us. God has our back. Ezekiel 26, 3, chapter 3, verse 26 and 27 says this, I will make the, your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so you shall, not, you shall be mute and, not, and you will not be able to rebuke them, for they have a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth and you shall say to them, thus says the Lord God, he who hears, let him hear. He who refuses, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. 
God's saying, you're not alone. I'm gonna shut your mouth at the right times and I'm gonna open it at the right times. I think we all should be praying that. That God would shut our mouths at the right times. Some of you need to hear this. Shut your mouth. All right. And then open your mouth at the right times. And again, I just see this, this thing to Ezekiel is that I'm with you. I'm gonna help you through this. You're not on your own. It's gonna be okay. Trust me. Don't, don't worry or be dismayed, Ezekiel. I've got your back. And then we go to the New Covenant, the New Testament, and we see these same sort of promises unfold in Hebrews chapter two, verses 14 through 16. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, He Himself, God, likewise shared in the same, that through death He might destroy Him who had power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, He does not give aid to angels, but He does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Two powerful points there is that the death of Christ pushed back darkness and did incredible damage to the devil himself. And secondly, it reminds us that God loves His angels, but He doesn't give aid to the angels. He only gives it to the seed of Abraham, which are the believers in Jesus Christ. So God sends His aid to us when we have need. He sends His aid to us. It's like He'll come to your rescue with all of His, that's at His disposal, whether it's power or love or forgiveness or strength or wisdom or peace, on and on. Whatever He has, He will send to us. He doesn't give aid to the angels, He gives it to the seed of Abraham. Then Hebrews chapter one, just to reinforce this a little bit, verses 13 and 14. But to which of the angels has God ever said, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister to those who will inherit salvation? Again, a very clear passage here talking about the difference between angels and humanity, God's creation. Uh, uh, has He ever said to the angel, come and sit next to me? He says that to you and I, that we sit at the right hand of the Father. You see, we are the people of God. He says, I'll make your enemies your footstool. Put your feet up, take, take a load off. It's gonna be okay. The battle is the Lord's. Trust me in this, I am with you. Then it says He sends ministering spirits to minister to us. And often we don't understand the process of prayer in the spiritual world, but let me just give you some sort of example how this works. You know, you can be praying for something or you might feel fearful or you might have pain in your soul or you might have pain in your body, or you might be feeling hopeless about life and you're in this place, or, or you're praying that for somebody else, you're believing God. Well, in that, that realm of faith, like Pastor Chris said, faith is a conduit between heaven and earth. When we're praying like that, what brings the answer are ministering spirits. That's what brings the answer to people. So you can feel hopeless and in pain, and then all of a sudden it lifts. Something moves, faith is a right, hope is turned up. They're the ministering spirits from God to us through prayer. See, we're not alone in this. That's why we can trust that as we go into our world, God is with us. It shifts, it's gone. Understand, in the fall of Lucifer, only a third of the angels fell. That means there's two thirds left in heaven. There are more for us than against us. And we have all of heaven's backing through God. 
See, sometimes you can look around and see the powers of darkness at work. False religions, humanism, anger, hatred, sexual immorality, crime, abuse, and the list goes on. And sometimes it can actually cloud our view of what God is doing because it seems so more, so more in front of us, we start not to see the invisible spiritual world that God is doing something behind all of those things. We, we get, get clouded by, and this is what we're gonna bring our life back to, that we've gotta have a revelation that where fear not, Mark, do not be dismayed, for wherever you go, the Lord God is with you. You're gonna have that revelation to stand upon no matter what takes place in your life. Great picture of this is um, unveiled to us in 2 Kings, but first I'll set up the story. Back in this particular day, the king of Syria is at war with Israel. And Elisha, <laughs> the prophet, keeps telling the king of Israel what the king of Syria is gonna do next. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what the king of Syria plans, he's being thwarted uh, because, man, God's shown Ezekiel what's gonna happen. He tells the king of Israel, it's all, God, what's gonna, anyway. So what happens is the king of Syria finds out that it's not the king of Israel is a problem, it's, it's Elisha that is the problem. He's the one that needs to be taken out. So he sets a plan up. He sends an army to get rid of Elisha the prophet. So this is where we're up to. 2 Kings chapter six, verse 14 through 18. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there. And they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was a huge army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, alas. You know what alas means, don't you? Freak out. Freak out, my master. What shall we do? So Elisha answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. Then Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. You see, what takes place here is in the natural, it can seem so overwhelming. But we don't view what's happening in the spirit world. We don't see what's going on behind the scenes. And you know what amazes me about this story? <laughs> it is, the king of Syria sends a whole army to take out one man of God. You don't realise who you are. The devil is more aware of your potential than you are. He takes one whole army, one army to take out one man of God. I wanna tell you, you are a child of the Most High God. You threaten the enemy at every level just by your existence. And my prayer, just like Elisha's today is, Lord, open their eyes. Open their eyes. Open their eyes that they may see. They may see that You and all of heaven is backing them. We belong to an unshakable kingdom. No matter what the world brings, what history has tried to do, we are, we are part of an unshakable kingdom. It's an eternal kingdom. It's run by heaven itself. God is on your side. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28 and 29 says this, Therefore, 
since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace for which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. It's great to be touched by the presence of God. It's a whole nother level when you embrace the presence of God, when you make room for Him in your life. You need, you need the presence of God on board your boat, not as your cabin boy, but as your captain. But you need Him on board. You need Him on board. It's that onboard presence that allows us to have full confidence, no matter what briar, what thorn, what scorpion, what challenge, what trial, what tribula- tribulation comes our way. Again, the story and account of the Bible of a Shunammite woman. She added a room to her house because the prophet would turn up in town every now and then and she's decided, well, he needed a place to stay. So she put an extra room on her house that when the prophet came through carrying the presence of God, he abided at her house. Many years later, a tragedy strikes and her son dies in the fields. But she'd made a room for God's presence. She'd made a place for God to reside through the prophet And because of that abiding, because He was there on site at the time, she received a miracle of life for her son. And you too are that same place. The Spirit of God wants to reside in us, not just be touched, but reside in us. So when tragedy or things turn up at our door, the Spirit and power of God is already in place. He's on site. He's in position to take you into your future. Today, you are sent. God will make you and all of heaven backs you. My prayer is that the Lord would open your eyes to that today, that you would see more clearly than ever before.